SegaBits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Hello and welcome to Sega Talk, episode number 44. I'm your host, George, and with me, like always, is Barry. Hello. Is that, is that <laughs> how you're going to start the episode? Um, I thought because it's such a burly, rage-filled show, I'd build it up as we go on. I get you. You become a man as we get to the end of the episode. Um, Hi, everybody. If you guys didn't know, uh, there's a little indie title named Streets of Rage. That's the two. That's the one we're going to be talking about. Um, the last time we did a Streets of Rage episode was way back in 2017 in episode number nine. Do you remember us wow. talking about the first one? I do. I remember uh, looking at, because there's so much stuff about it in a lot of the books that are out there, like design docs and art. So I remember digging through a lot of the books I have on the shelf over here. That was fun. And if you guys actually want to see a lot of concept of this game, there's a, we're, we're not really going to be talking about the concept art, but there is a, almost every stage, everything has been put out there already. So you guys could Google it or buy the collective, uh, which, what was that book called? The one that had it in? Uh, it's uh, Sega Mega Drive Genesis Collected Works. And that's obviously uh, up to you guys could buy on the internet. But, like every episode, we always talk about our history with the game, so this episode we're doing the same. Tell everybody your history with Streets of Rage 2. Well, um, being a Genesis owner since 91, you'd think it would have been in my collection forever, but it wasn't. Um, I mean, you know, like, what was I? In 91, I was like... Uh, yeah, you're a kid. Six, seven. So it's like, yeah, so like, if you have a beat-em-up, that's kind of your beat em up. You're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to own Streets of Rage, Streets of Rage 2, Streets of Rage 3, Hyperstone Heist. You know, like, I'm going to own all these. Like, if you have something that scratches that itch, which I did, which was Ninja Turtles Hyperstone Heist from Konami, then I was set. And so I would rent games. So I'm, I'm absolutely certain I rented Streets of Rage 2. Um, but honestly, I think I really started playing the game once those compilations started coming out years later in the late nineties mm, and, yeah. you know, moving forward, you would see it again and again in Sega compilations. So I, I honestly can't recall the first time I played it, but I know it was in the nineties and I, but I can't recall like what compilation it was. Mm. Uh, it's, it's tricky. There's so like, I don't own any of the streets of rage games on the Genesis, like the physical cartridges. But I own the entire trilogy at least six times through <laughs> PS2, GameCube, Xbox, you know, anything. You can find Streets of Rage and Streets of Rage 2. 3, not so much. but Yeah. yeah um, that's me. Uh, I, I think this is like one of my earliest memories growing up thinking that like the Sega Genesis is really like for more adult kids. Because I was like a little kid, right? And I remember this right. is like a vivid memory that like my cousin who was older than me and I was like always looking up to him, he rented it and then all his friends from the block that he lived in, all the older kids came so they could, I guess, beat the game together. Hmm. And uh, and I just remember watching them doing it and then I, I get trying to get time to play it myself, right? Because it's just pretty, I don't know. I, when I was a kid, I always rented like the lamest games like Mickey Mouse Hey, this Mickey Mouse game. I was a little kid. I I just really liked like mascot platformers. That's usually what I played. 
So oh, I, for sure, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't a bad boy. I, like I saw Streets of Rage, and I'm like, oh, this is for adults, not for me. Like I, I can't play this. Like I'm a, I'm a, what do they say? It's goody two shoe boy. That's what I was growing up. But uh, I do remember this is one of the first games when I saw it. I was like, wow, the the Sega Genesis definitely is more adult oriented mm-hmm. and more grim. Even though the game is not really that violent or grim or anything. But back then, for, compared to other games, this game felt dirty and like, I don't know, literally Streets of Rage uh, kind of makes makes you, uh, that's really what it is. So, uh, good name for the, no. Uh, Streets of Rage came out first. Ooh, scares Ameri- me. <laughs> came out first in America on December 20th, 1992. <laughs> and a few weeks mm. later in Japan and Europe in the mid-January 1993. While the English... English version release goes simply by Streets of Rage 2. The Japanese release is known as Bare Knuckles 2, the Requiem of the Deadly Battle. And uh, my first question, I mean, we can start this question. Do you think that this game needed a subtitle? And a subtitle like Requiem uh, of the Deadly Battle? That sounds like uh, a Castlevania game, isn't that one of them? Requiem for a Dream or something like that, or yeah. And not only that, like uh, this is kind of like a uh, uh, Yakuza Six, uh, Song of Life. It's like they have this whole like ballad thing going mm. on over there, right? Where it's like, yeah, nothing's more powerful than a song, even though you're buying a video game. Yeah, you know, and this is something I did want to bring up during this. Like, I know Streets of Rage was developed in Japan; it's a Japanese game. But honestly, like, as you said, it released in America first. I feel like it's a much more Western franchise because I feel like the West uh, embraced it a lot more. I feel like there's been a lot more um, material, like extra material, like comics and and, uh, crossovers and things like that. And so, yeah, this whole like I just I, I never really see that many people going Oh no, it's Bare Knuckles 2, the Requiem of the Deadly Battle. It's not Streets of Rage 2. Like, you get that a lot yeah. with uh, people who are like are purists. They're like, you go with the Japanese name first, not that dirty American name. But in this case, like Streets of Rage 2, that's that's the title. And then I always feel like Bare Knuckle comes second. And it's like a little trivia question. It's like, you know, in Japan, it's called Bare Knuckle. Ugh. You know? Yeah. Um, and uh, if. The American version had a subtitle like the Japanese one. What do you think Sega of America would have made it? I think they could have done the thing like they did with uh, uh, Rambo. So you know how it was like First Blood and then Rambo oh. First Blood Part 2? They yeah. could do, um, or even Jackie Chan movies did this. So it would be like Streets of Rage 2, Bare Knuckles. Oh, they could have put Bare Knuckles as a subtitle. I mean, I don't think it needs yeah. it because in America we're like used to shorter names, right? Like, I think the shorter the name in America, the better it is for you to sell. It's just kind of crazy mm-hmm. to me that in Japan they have like sometimes I look at these games and I'm like, whew, I got to read a paragraph of title. It's like it's like right. It's like um, little girl, but she's trapped in the castle in the top of a of a of a concert while playing a Requiem song. It's like okay, cool, cool title. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about the development of this game. I think we can all agree that uh, Street uh, Streets of Rage Two was did everything the first game did, but like bigger, better, and fixed almost every single issue. Uh, Sega's Noroshi Oba who served as designer and director, had moved as producer only in this game, which is 
kind of hmm. weird. And the game had three designers. A lot of people agree that most of the game's feel came from actually Yuzo Koshiro's sister, Ayano Koshiro, who was it, uh, obviously was a sister of Yuzo Koshiro and wrote, who obviously wrote the soundtrack for this game. Uh, that's the thing uh, that Sega changed uh, in the sequel. So a lot of people, when they think of Sega classic games, they always think Sega developed the game, right? So Streets of Rage 1 was developed by Sega, but Streets of Rage 2 mm-hmm. was outsourced. And it was outsourced and, ha- and made by Ancient, MNM Software, Shout, Design Works, and HIC. So that's already mm-hmm. like a lot of teams. So I would consider this a triple-A game. You know how we hear today like, oh, this Assassin's Creed game had... 15 studios working on it seven studios working on it this literally had right. four or five studios working on it just to get it out on time so mm. um i feel so how do you feel about that do you feel like uh, a lot of people put i guess too much uh concentration on sega being the sole developer or you think it matters like do you think that sega could do this now like Oh, let's say the new sonic game but they also work with another indie developer to make the animations or something I think as long as Sega creatives are involved and weighing in and making important decisions and being creative, then I don't have an issue with it. I think if they just dump it onto a team and say, you make something with this dirty IP, uh, (laughs) then it kind of, it doesn't work out. And we saw that a lot in the early 2000s with a lot of uh, uh, like 3D versions of classic Sega arcade games that came out. But um, I, I do think that's interesting in this case. I knew about Ancient. I didn't know about all these others, but... When you say that, it's like Streets of Rage 4 does not seem weird to me anymore. No. It's like, it's like yeah, it's Streets of Rage 4 from Lizard Cube and .emu, but like, <laughs> look at Streets of Rage 2, probably the greatest game of the original Franchise. trilogy, yeah. and it's from, it's not even technically Sega. And again, going into that, you, you know full well from the community of people that we've been with for the past 10 years, that they... There's some people who are like purists. They're like Sega DNA purists. Of course. And they're like, this game doesn't count. Mm, you know, because it was, yeah. you know, someone from, someone wasn't born and then like in, in, embedded with the Sega gene or something. Like, it's I, I never, weird. I never understood this because like I played OutRun 2 so much mm-hmm. and I've noticed that the ones I played was the, the Sumo Digital port who added yeah. a bunch of content in that I love. I think I'm like, wow, that's the con. Usually when I think of OutRun, sometimes I think of the mini games. It wasn't even by AM2. It was done by Sumo Digital. So to me, it's like, I don't mind people touching the game as long as the ideas are good and they work. And it's pretty right. obvious that it worked here. Um, anything you want to say about this before I move on to talk about more about Ancient? The, uh, no, let's talk more. Um, like we discussed, one of the companies that had the biggest impact on the look and feel of Streets of Rage 2 was Ancient Court, a Japanese developer founded on April 1st, 1990 by Yuzo Koshiro and his family, including his mother, Tomo Koshiro and Ayano Koshiro, who worked as a character and graphic designer at the company. Uh, when hmm. the 3DS uh, version of Streets of Rage came out, Ayano Kashiro had a, did an interview on uh, how her company or ancient impacted, um, and she talked about her role in the game. And she says, "Role, uh, I'd say, chief graphic designer. Nowadays, we call it something like art direction. 
designing the overall look of the game. I also did character designs and came up with all the special moves and attacks in the rough outline and draft form. That is... Hmm. Uh, she also designed the new character Max and Skate from the ground up and is the reason Adam went missing in Streets of Rage 2. She explained it by saying that her and her brother, R- Yuzo, really liked playing Street Fighter 2. And this is her quote. Yeah, it, that is true. But there was also a certain flow to the fighting that we wanted. I'm sure you've played Street Fighter 2. My brother and I did too. I really I liked it so much that we bought a cabinet and had it installed in the offense at hmm. Ancient. My brother and I liked it th- liked the way that they fought in Street Fighter 2 and between the two of us a shared vision of the fighting of Street Fighter 2 arose. Two jabs followed by a straight punch, then some heavy hit and an enemy goes flying. Uh, that kind of flow had to be there. We were also asking what would be fun for the sequel. You had Axel, your standard fighter, then Blaze, the speedy character, but there was also Adam in the first game, but Adam had no real specialty, laughs, so he was out, laughs. Um, (laughs) One of the reasons Adam's removal was approved by Sega was because the company wanted to have a better looking sprites, which would mean that the team would have to reanimate the moves and thus basically starting from scratch. so Barry, um, yes. What is your opinion on like them leaving a- Adam? Like you could have just changed Adam, right? You could have made him a different character or something, but like they right. decided, like no way, he's out. I I feel like he was kind of a boring character just because you had your base male, base female, and then base male again, but it was just like he was black, and. <laughs> Um, and I even, mean, and even, I, I sorry, even when we talked about the first game in the design notes, it was kind of like, I mean, I wouldn't say racist. I would say I, ignorant the way that uh, mm-hmm. Sega came up with him. And they're like, we need a black guy because Americans have yeah. black people. So and it's kind of how, right. why they have the blonde guy, too, and the girl. And I will say they did do something different, which was not making the black guy the big black guy, as you yeah. see in like every Japanese game. So good on them for that. Mm. But. I think it's interesting that they went small instead of big. Like you don't see that too often. Definitely. Um, so, and and they still kept him black. I mean, he's 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 just different, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Skate. But um, what was the wrestler's name? Max. Max. And what's his ethnicity? Is he Hispanic? I have no idea. Maybe, like, I don't think they talk about it, and I didn't see it in here, but he kind of looked Asian to me, like a big Asian guy. Maybe that's breaking stereotypes mm. in Asia, but he had kind of, like, Asian Maybe. eyes. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I, it makes sense to remove him. I think nowadays, with the climate we have, I don't think they would just drop a character like him. Mm. I think they would bring him back, which actually s- would keep him, and then add more characters, which surprises me because... Uh, not to talk about Streets of Rage 4 too much, but, like, Adam's not in it, right? Adam is in it. He's unlockable. Is the, is, yeah, yeah. Is it an animated version of him? Like, the new style? It's the new style, yeah, yeah. With the glasses. Okay, good. And, he has glasses and, like, a like a kind of, like... They basically remade his character from the ground up. I like, saw... Totally okay, I him. saw him, but I didn't know that was him. Okay. Yeah, that's him, yeah. So... They also, like I said, um, let's look at the graphical differences here. There's a GIF I put yeah. in the in the thing. Um, as you can tell, 
Blaze from Streets of Rage 1 to 2, the animation is about like 10 times better. Like uh like if you were to show the like the Streets of Rage 1 sprites versus 2 in the the, the quality of the animation, I think you could sell this uh, this is like uh, upgrade from a master system game to a uh genesis game or something you know of that, for sure of that magnitude and it's yeah. uh did you notice this right away when you played because you played them later so when you play street to reach one and two did you notice how much better the graphics were in the sequel absolutely i think the characters looked bigger they were a lot more expressive and it's interesting just looking comparing two one two and three Two is like the most expressive, and it's just because they put one little white dot there. For that's sure. all that's doing it. One little white square is giving her an actual eye, with and and the other two they look like they look like this, like their eyes are closed or something. It just it doesn't <laughs> look as nice. It uh, that I agree with you one hundred percent. And also, I don't like her Street to Rage three white look. Um, I I think it's stupid. I don't like any of their colors. I don't like yeah. any of their colors in Streets of Rage three. Yeah, so let's talk about the story here. Uh, we're going to do this thing where you read the story while the video plays. Um, and I think, personally to me, this is probably one of the best intros in video games, I think. Uh, <laughs> so it always gave me the chills growing up. So you want to start the video? Tell me when. Yeah, I've started the video. One year after the battle. The city that had been plagued with crime and violence was safe and peaceful. However, evil has once again cast its shadow over the city. Mr. Rex, the syndicate boss believed destroyed by the three young b b vigilantes, has come back to life stronger than ever. Thirsty for revenge, he kidnaps Adam in an attempt to lure Axel and Blaze into a trap. Axel and Blaze set out to help their faithful companion, joined by Axel's friend Max, a wrestler, and Adam's kid brother, Skate. They're determined to save Adam and put Mr. X out of action. Four young friends, rage burning inside them, make a stand for friendship and peace. And still. Man, that went fast. Still, that went fast. <laughs> and still, is Sega, it still going? Yeah, no, it's already over. It's just, it's just gonna be the start menu. But uh, and still, what do you think about that story? I mean, it's predictable. It's fine. <laughs> I don't think it's actually all that exciting. <laughs> no, definitely not. But the intro, I think the music, uh, the 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 visuals, I. I the ending is a little weird. I wonder what the Japanese it's, translations is because, like, right. friendship. It's like, uh, I guess it's kind of Sonic the Hedgehog in the end, right? And it's it's, like, it's, it's good. Not, I think I like I like the first one because it leads into saying Streets of Rage at the very end. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Remember yeah. that? And they're like, and, and it will all be decided on the Streets of Rage, and you're like, whoa! This Holy one, it's crap. like, it's going real slow, and then all of a sudden they're like. Okay, so let's catch you up. Mr. X, and remember that in the last game, and then the three guys took him down, and now they've got four guys going after him, but it's Streets of Rage 2, so it's not four. And now we're gonna, you know, and you're like, just, oh my gosh. Just say, evil right. crime lord, piece of crap. It's time for you to knock him out. Who does that guy look like, too? The Mr. X? 
I'm gonna be honest with you. He uh, he looks like Donald Trump a lot. Uh, Thank you. Me. Like Thank I you. always thought that when he was, when he became president, I'm like, finally we can make memes. But I don't really like making too many memes on like president, like any political on our Twitter. But yeah, he definitely looks like um, I don't know, like an alien version of him. I don't know. Maybe it's because he's old. <laughs> he's like now. a perp. Like a per- <laughs> he kind of looks like Ivan Ooze from the Power Rangers. Remember him, the purple yeah, I, guy. I, I always thought it was kind of weird that the like the bad guy, the, the syndicate that you fight, he isn't like some like buff ass ninja dude that's like a criminal. Like he could knock you out. It's always some like he's like a like a fat old white guy with long hair. It's like it's like all right, cool. This is it. All right. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's talk about so, so Streets of Rage two. Let's talk about the characters first of all. We got our hero. Axel Stone. Axel is one of the few characters that appear in every Streets of Rage game. This time, he returns with pretty much the same look as the first game, but instead of a tank top, he is wearing a white t-shirt. His gloves have also changed with a more red color, giving him a, like, he's wearing a kickboxer's glove look. Axel is considered to be the well-rounded character who is considered easy to use due to his special attack having multiple hits. His signature moves include Dragon Smash, Dragon Wing, and the iconic Grand Upper. All of these iconic moves first appeared in this title too. Uh, Obviously the biggest upgrade than just like... Because like in the first game when you did the special, you would just Mm -hmm. call the cops and everybody had it and it was kind of easy. In this one, everybody just felt more unique. That was the best part of the game. Uh, what do you think about Axel's new look compared to his old one? I like it. I think he looks cool. Um, do the, I mean like, that's kind of do the little like changes, like changing his shirt to a t-shirt and make maybe making his gloves <laughs> red, make it pop right. more, or because I feel like it makes it easier to see who you're punching with the red glove. Not that it's not that no. it wasn't that hard, but. I like that. I like the little touches of color to him. It's good. I, I, I just, you know, it's it's kind of an iconic uh, look for Axel that I think any other game that tries to redo, even the fourth one, kind of falls short. I, I you know, his beard and everything, it looks fine. Yeah. But this is the Axel I know. I think a lot of people agree. And I think him being fat in the in the, in the four was one of the biggest complaints I heard about his new look. Yeah. They're like, why yeah. is he fat? Did he let himself go? I'm like, damn, it's been 10 years, bro. Like, he's not working out. <laughs> uh, the next person we got is uh, Blaze Fielding. Uh, just like Axel, Blaze has appeared in every single Streets of Rage game. While Blaze is very similar to her first look, they did change her. Actually, I don't think she's that similar. They did change her up, including taking away her red jacket, which is back and forth, uh, giving her mm-hmm. a crop top. And they, uh, she kept her skirt, but now is wearing pantyhose, and has it way, has way thicker legs. Like she's more muscular yeah. looking. Also, her headband has been removed. In the sequel, Blaze moves out of the city and and owns a dance studio. Comes back to uh, because Adam's missing. Blaze's new moves and changes really show you that the team loves Street Fighter Two. We got I, I don't even know how to say her name, but uh, the name of this stuff like Kakoshoyo. Which is the projectile like Chun Li, Imbukayoko, uh, mm. which is like a cartwheel, and a vertical slash, which is a somersault. Uh, what do you think <laughs> about her redesign, and uh, what do you think about her new move set? And do you think she is kind of like Chun Li? Because like Chun Li has that uh, power move where she's like a projectile, and then she has the 
the spinning yeah. back, the spinning kick, but hers is like a somersault. I guess I can see that. Yeah, moves wise, it is very like Chun Li, but everything else, she looks you know unique. I oh, think yeah. again, this is this is her most iconic look. This is what I think when I think of Blaze, and uh, I think she looks awesome. I have no complaints. Again, I think three goofed up on all the character colors. I, honestly, I, I sometimes I think I'm playing like a sprite recolor. When I'm playing, I'm like, what happened to their shirts? They look weird. Uh, but um, I do like the pantyhose because I think it just like uh, kind of separates the body and the thing. The design-wise, it just looks cool. Yeah, you're it's interesting. Because you're showing so much skin on top. Before she had a jacket, so but I think this is better. It gives it more color. Right, yeah. I didn't even notice that they were pantyhose. I thought they were just like darker legs, but I can see that now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I think she looks great. I like the little gold cuffs. It kind of reminds me. Amy Rose has those now, right? And Sonic, uh, the new design, she has like these little ring cuffs. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like Blaze. Um, so yeah, I mean, I play as Blaze the most out of all of them. So I always like the speedier uh, characters because, you know, I like Sonic. <laughs> so. talking, about, talking about speedy characters. Oh, got a man. Brand new, a brand new boy right it. here. Eddie Skate Hunter. Eddie Skate Hunter was actually called Sam Hunter in Japan. Is the new playable character in this game. Adam Hunter's brother Skate plays a smaller, faster, and trickier character gameplay style, which is why he replaced his brother. Skate is a stereotype of the late 80s, early 90s American teenager, including the latest style and lingos. While uh, uh, other heroes have a ton of signature moves, our boy Skates only has migraine, at least what I saw. Maybe Corkscrew, the, the, the Corkscrew one too. But uh, okay. migraine is when he grabs people and he goes on top of his head and he punches them six times or whatever. His special was obviously the breakdancing uh, Corkscrew. Uh, mm -hmm. Skate is the only character that could double dash to run. All other characters only walk. And uh, I always thought that was... I, I still think, because I think even in the new game, uh, Streets of Rage 4, not all characters could dash or double tap movement. I don't know. Right. I just think every time you double hit something, I always want it to move faster. And even if it's yeah, not yeah. as fast, right? I think that's the difference between uh, Ninja Turtles Hyperstone Heist and Turtles in Time is the dash. That's one of the differences. And, like, that maker breaks the game for me because I'm always dashing. I'm, like, running from one end to the other. So, yeah, to, to not see that in Streets of Rage 4 in this one, you know, it, it does kind of hurt it a little bit in my eyes when comparing it to other franchises. But that's cool that Skate does that. I forgot about that move. Yeah. Um, um, actually, the only thing... I, I Well, I, I, I just replayed 2 on the 3DS. You did too. I think the only yep. time I really, really felt it where I was like, come on, man, let, hurry up. It's when uh, the first stage where they have this one part where you're walking straight and then like the camera is like they're trying to show you the vertical. I read the notes. They're trying to show you that. The, oh, look, Genesis could vertical scroll or whatever. And they're trying to like show you off a technique. But now I'm like, bro, uh, I, I'm, I have a PS4. I think I know about vertical scrolling. But that's the right. only time in that game. I think they felt. I think the game felt like they put the bad guys so close to each other and made the scenes where there's so much fighting that you you kind of forget that there isn't a dash sometimes. So mm. I, I think they did an all right job as much as well as they could, you know. But yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about Max Thunder Hatchet, who is, in my opinion, the worst character out of all these. 
Sorry, everybody that likes Max on the internet. I just, I just think so. so just they could have come up with something cooler. <laughs> and uh, he's the other new character. Max is a professional wrestler, which is quite obvious based on his design. In in his story, he is friends with Axel Stone and joins the group to find Adam Hunter. While in this game, Max is the slowest, strongest character. He has quite a few signature moves, including spinning knuckle bomb. Max spins his arms, hitting enemies. Thunder Tackle, Shoulder Smashing Enemies, Power Slide, Bear Hug, Thunder Body Slam, Grab, Jump Over Enemies in a Violent Slam, and Atomic hmm. Drop, Slamming Enemies by Grabbing Them from the Back, second most powerful move in the game. Uh, quite obvious that the character was inspired by Street Fighter 2's Zangief. I mean, especially the the when you have the hands and you're you know circling, that's one of his Zangief's signature moves. While mm-hmm. he was just a wrestler in the game, in the comic he was also a cop. Obviously, not canon. Uh, what do you guys? What do you think about? Well, who's your favorite character? You already said Blaze. And who's your least favorite yep. character to play? Uh, Max. Like I completely forgot. Like I when I was talking about the wrestler character earlier, I was thinking he was in the third game, and then I remembered. No, it's that doctor guy. Um, so he's forgettable. I forget that he's in this game. Sorry, Max. Yeah, the thing with Max is that, like, not only that, he has nothing to do with the story. He's, like, the only character that could, like, stay home. And he's like, oh, I'm just friends with this guy. I could stay home. I don't even know Adam. I'm not even a fucking cop. Like, these guys are cops. I'm not a cop. I don't have anything to do with this. Leave me alone. (laughs) He could have just done that, but he didn't. Because of friendship, right? Right. Uh, Let's talk about some of the stages. I think one of the biggest changes um, for this whole game was... uh, how much attention they put into the stages. So the stage, everybody knows, stage number one downtown, probably the most played game. And what, before I did notes, I was just thinking like downtown has three transitions, right? It took me forever to find these transitions, so I just started taking them myself later on. But uh, the mm-hmm. first level is very similar to the first game, of uh, the first game, the first stage called City Street. Giving the same vibes of a green city lights, but this time there there is a transition into a bar and a fight outside in the rain with the boss Barbin. But you also have a mid-level fight with Jack, who I always thought was like a Vietnam veteran. I don't know why. They, they, <laughs> he had like a mohawk with knives, right? And when I played it, right, I, I, right away I was like, this guy's a Vietnam veteran. I'm, I, I don't know why. <laughs> There's no story to it. I just assumed as a kid, I'm like... He has a sick car in the garage. He's a Vietnam veteran. Come on, guys. Everybody knows. Um, right. So right away, they show you like, okay, we're starting off like the first game. But wait, you're actually going in a bar. You're actually going outside. They could have literally made these three three backgrounds their own stages. Like each one. Yeah. And, and nobody would have complained. So that, I think that's crazy. What do you think about the first stage, the opening stage? I mean, it's iconic, as is with a lot of... I mean, every video game, I think, really, the first stage, people play the most. So you really have to hit it out of the park. And um, I I think the big thing for me that always hits me, because, you know, you you have those moments in video games where, like, the first time it happens, you're like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And then every other time it happens, you're always looking forward to it. For me, it's when you start walking diagonally downwards and then the music, because it just times out the way you're playing, like the amount of time typically, that the music, the the music drops at that time. The the da 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 da, you know that that yeah. kicks in, um, and so 
I again, I don't remember the first time I played this game, but I know for sure that feeling because I get it every time where I'm going straight and I'm like, oh, the drop's coming. And then when the drop comes is the cool part where you're going down diagonally. And I think it just kind of stuck with me because at the time I was like this. I've never experienced this in a uh, fighting game like this. Like I've never been able to go downwards it's so cool. And then the music hits and you're like, oh, and this music's good too. <laughs> so, you know, it's like they hit you with all these multiple things at once. And it's just so cool. I love it. It's, it, I think the only thing that rivals it in a Sega game is the final stage in Res when you blast off into outer space and you're yeah. like, whoa, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the music goes, the mind killer. And you're like, ah, so I think, those two moments are where like the music and just something real cool gameplay wise happens at the same time. And you're just like, this is perfection. I love this. You described it. <laughs> That's me. You described it perfectly. We could just move on to the okay. bridge construction second stage. The, and these are, I hate called, that. Don't talk about it. I, I, uh, these are actually called Browns in the game. They're not called stages, but I already made the assets. So we're going to go with stages in this podcast. Uh, the second stage takes our heroes on a bridge and introduces a new annoying enemy type, the motorcycles. You also get a great view of the city skyline at night, which is nice. The mm-hmm. boss of this stage is Jet, who is a blonde, long-haired character in a sort of white jumpsuit who has a jet pack and flies. I also thought he looked like Jim Carrey growing up. Uh, I don't, maybe not that much of a resemblance at all, but right, of course so he does. Lo- yeah, <laughs> I mean J- Jim Carrey was everywhere growing up, so. Just a white guy with long hair, Jim Carrey. It works. He always looked. He looked very sexual, didn't he? Where he's like, uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the sprite. He's always yeah. like, uh. yeah. And he would like yeah. pick you up and then body slam you from the sky down. I'm like, that's sick, dude. Like, I wish I could. I, I need a jetpack, and I still want a jetpack as an adult. Like, if I could buy one and just like jetpack everywhere, dude, I would do that yeah. like in a heartbeat. But uh, I'm sure you would. Uh, <laughs> the only thing that I guess. <laughs> you could go against this level is um that it didn't have that much of a transition it was always the bridge right and uh i guess a lot of people did not like the motorcycle people i thought it was sick it kind of reminded me of like uh what's that movie called um uh, rumble in the bronx not yo the rumble in the bronx too but like the other one uh, the warriors were like oh I yeah mean, like the danger or whatever of motorcycles but um these people did not show up in the sequel. I mean, in four, by the way, they like changed them up to a fat biker girl that like hits you with your with their head. But there's no motorcycles actually driving in the game. Sad, hmm. sad. Uh, let's talk about the third game. And this, the third stage, is the craziest stage. So many transitions. The third stage wow. in this game is probably has one of the most unique backgrounds in the game. You start off. In front of the museum park, which is kind of Disney, if you look at the castle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you end up in some biker room brawl, which, like, they give you, like, a pipe in the middle, and you're supposed to be, like, fighting for, for your life. Then you go to a pirate-themed arcade that includes bare knuckles, the arcade machine. Then you end up, like, in the bottom of a cabin of a ship. Then you transition to the, the ship pirate, uh, pirate ship deck. Then you end up outside the amusement park again for a short while. And then you end up at some alien H.R. Geiger-inspired stage where you fly a floating head called Vihilitz and then Zamza, is that how you say his name? A boss uh-huh. who looks a lot like Street Fighter's um, 
uh, Zang, not, not Zangief, um, what's his name? Uh, Blanco. He always reminded me of Blanco, like uh, from Street Fighter, because he has the rules. And you can tell there's a lot of characters in this game where they're like, this make that guy a bad guy in our game. Right. They, yeah. So what do you, you think get about that from uh, Shinobi too, where they're just like, let's steal a bunch of other characters and throw it into our game. Yeah, at least they made them original <laughs> in this one. Um, I was gonna tell you, what do you think about this level, and what do you think about the alien? Like, it's it's just to me when I was a kid, it felt so random that you're going from like Disneyland. I understand the pirate theme because you're right. in a theme park, but then all of a sudden you're in an alien place where. Uh, well, I mean, I, I guess it's like an. It's like an alien theme park ride, right? Like, uh, but then why am I getting all... attacked? <laughs> like, why am I getting attacked by the head? Maybe you should stay in your ride vehicle. That's why they tell you to, you know, keep your hands and arms inside the ride vehicle at all times. Maybe he got out, and this um, is what happened. I, I I don't know. I feel like they had these assets created because I read something in the interview, in that same interview with uh, uh, Yuzo's sister, and she said mm -hmm. that she wanted to make that alien stage the first stage. Like, can you imagine starting off right away in the alien stage? You're like, wait, what the hell? How did I get here? That would be There's idiotic. Like a, I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. So, like, the way they did it, I think it makes more sense in transitioning. Like, you're literally on a mission to find this guy. And you're going mm -hmm. through all these weird uh, bases. That's what it feels like to me. And uh, right. it would have it would have ruined it if you started right away in alien ship. Like, I understand you like alien. It's a great movie. Well, you can't just randomly make it the first stage. I mean, um, let's talk about the fourth stage, the stadium. Uh, the stadium is a pretty cool stage. Uh, you start outside at the Sega Stadium. I wish the when I was a little kid, I'm like, dude, if Sega made a stadium, oh man, that would be sick. Um, uh, and you could actually see the park you left behind in this one. Um, and you uh, you end up in a, inside a baseball stadium that literally takes you like it's so weird like you're all on top of a dugout and you're fighting mm -hmm. and all of a sudden this elevator starts taking you down and then you end up in a wrestling match with uh, an Ultimate Warrior inspired wrestler. Um, huh. So like it's such a weird like transition and this is the start of the elevators something that this game really 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 loved. So, uh, what do you yeah. think about the baseball stage? Do you remember this one? Did, did you have any I, vivid memories? I remember the baseball stage. Um, I thought it was kind of cool, but the whole like I guess their thought process was is like baseball's a sport and a wrestling's a sport. So maybe they were like, well, when they make stadiums, maybe they just put other sports like a high rise. So if you go up, it's football. If you go down, it's, it's wrestling. I think they just wanted to work in wrestling because they had a wrestling character. So if you play through as him, there's like one stage where he really fits, you know? Yeah. Maybe that was the thought. And so they're like, well, where do we work in wrestling? Well, let's, <laughs> let's have it be under a baseball stadium. I, I really love the street, the beginning of the stage with the Sega Stadium sign because, like, they did this in the other one, too, the the amusement park. But I thought the street looked really cool in this one. And I really love mm -hmm. how the bad guys are sleeping on the bench and then they just, like, randomly get up to fight you. It's like, yeah, bro, yeah. You, can't just, you can't nap out. Like, just pretend you don't see me. Why are you fighting me? That is I'm just cool. going to knock you out. I'm going to knock you out. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. You should have stayed sleeping. Um, the, the, I think this is the worst stage at all well, in terms of uh, transitions 
is stage number mm-hmm. five. You basically, it's called the ship. And this stage uh, has the least amount of unique backgrounds and starts off with you finding inside a ship and then you go on the deck. And uh, this one, I oh, this one's where you fight our bear, which is the fat, really fat, bald boxer with a stash. He's the bad guy in this one. I didn't put it on the pictures, but okay. he's pretty ugly. But I, I, do you remember what he looks like with a big old, he has like a big old beer belly? Yeah, yeah, I do. And uh, this is the stage that always, dude, when I was a kid, this stage made me so angry. And this is another one they kind of cheaped out a little bit because uh, while the stage is called The Jungle, you actually start off at a beach, which I thought looked cool. And it was actually a uh, – which is a transition that you have landed in Mr. X Island from the ship because you started – the ship was the last one. This stage reminded me of the first game's third stage, Beachfront. But it looks a lot nicer than the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, uh, okay. So then you end up in this road that's like diagonally and then you like, you get randomly hit with these motorcycle guys and they just become so annoying in here. And also the last, the fight, the boss fight is two characters in here. It's called soother and stealth, which are just recolors of stages two and stages three's bosses. As you can tell right here at mm-hmm. the end, if yeah, you're watching yeah. it on YouTube. Uh, what do you think? I mean, there's nothing really much to think about it. What do you think about the jungle? Does that look like a jungle to you? It looks like a forest. no jungle. Jungle was always for really forgettable to me. Like I remember the the beachfront. I thought that was nice, but the whole the whole rest of it was just kind of forgettable. Unfortunately, like it's probably the weakest of all yeah, the I mean, the stages. I think the the scene right here where you're fighting the last boss or whatever, and then you can see the 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 whatever the tower mansion whatever Mister X lives in uh, fortress. Mm-hmm. Um, that looks cool. Uh, the beach looks cool. I wish they would have called it a beach level, and kind of expanded on like maybe having like this is something I never understood. There was never civilians anywhere. Like you're fighting, everything's empty. It's like COVID nineteen, but like, do <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like nobody's in the beach. Like it would have been cool right. if they added like just random like. So people like sunbathing and then like looking up at you when you're like fighting kind of like a street fighter stage you know like you know they just repeat the animation or whatever right um, right they could have focused on that instead of trying to do this jungle and i don't think that looks like a jungle it looks like a lot of trees maybe the woods could have been the name um but who knows um now let's talk about stage number seven which is called uh wait 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 where am i uh, munitions plants so it's like a plant you saw oh, munitions munitions plant sorry it's like the yeah, font's yeah. Off weird uh the game actually makes you start off what looks like a barrel mutant lab place that has platforms that slow you and speed you down i guess this is the gimmick in this stage the little platforms that move remember those right right um, yeah and uh basically you go to an elevator another elevator stage and then you go all the way to the roof and i always loved the roof scene here because i really like the sunset they did i always thought it was cool when you and this is something that's going to continue it's like you started off at at night in the beginning right and now you fought all day all the way to here where it's already it's already morning you know you've been fighting so long you know right i always thought that little that little touch is cool um the boss fight is actually two robots, maybe made by Dr. Eggman. We don't know. Uh, Particle and Molecule, <laughs> they were called. Um, do you remember this stage? Because I, I, this stage, I think, is also kind of like could blur through the middle of it, you know? 
Yeah, I can see that. I, I like these type of stages, though. It kind of reminds me of Wing Fortress Zone from Sonic mm-hmm. 2, where it's like, you know, it's got the, the black and yellow warning things, and it's all very mechanical. It's It's got a very Sonic vibe to it, to be honest. Like, that, that one screenshot there with the red, it kind of looks like something out of Sonic Adventure, you know, when you're on the the egg carrier. Mm. Um, so it's it's a cool stage. I like it. Uh, as as a, like, penultimate stage, I think it's cool. And if you were good enough, if you were lucky enough, if you were man mm. enough, you would <laughs> end up in stage number eight, Syndicate Stronghold. And we have uh, the stronghold is where Mr. X lives. And I always thought when I was a kid, I'm like, this dude doesn't have couches. He doesn't have TVs. He doesn't have girls here. Like, what are you doing? Just hanging out with all these like thugs and goons. All right, dude, whatever you want, man. Uh, (laughs) The start of the stage gives you a beautiful view of the horizon as you fight in an upscale mansion, question mark. This will lead you to an elevator. Doesn't this team just love elevators where you fight? Till you reach Mr. X, who sits on his throne nonchalantly as you fight his goons, including fan favorite Shiva. Uh, after you defeat Mr. X, uh, oh yeah, he fights you with a Tommy gun. I always thought that was interesting that he's just like, I'm not a fighter, dude, and I'm just going to shoot you. Uh, and then you just hmm. beat him up. He's actually kind of easy, in my opinion, compared to like, I thought the hardest one, the hardest boss in this game that I had the most trouble with was actually the Macho Man. That's why I don't like that, that baseball stage too much because I think that boss is uh, ridiculously cheap. Uh, That's interesting. Which, which part in this game did you have the most trouble with when you were playing? Um, I mean, I think the end boss, just in general, really is tough. Uh, well, I mean, I, I had trouble with a lot of these. I think this game is like, you really uh, make you uh, hate yourself sometimes when you play it and you die. Mm-hmm. One thing in this game that nobody really talks about, but I guess we'll uh, talk about a little bit, is dual mode. Ooh. Uh, sort of how Sonic 1 to Sonic 2 added multiplayer mode as an afterthought, or at least I think it's an afterthought. I mean, it's not as well designed as uh, the Street... I mean, I mean, Sonic 2's uh, multiplayer mode wasn't a selling feature. That's kind of what I mean. Um, right. Streets of Rage 2 added a dual mode, which was influenced at the time... Because every okay, I already told you they were addicted to Street Fighter 2. In dual mode, you get to fight against each other, allowing a player to pick a hero, pick a stage, and also pick if you want special moves on or off. At the start, the first player starts on the left, and the second player at the right. The arena is filled with different weapons, and the time and you have to 99 seconds to knock each other out. Basically, uh, the first to hit the ground without health loses. If no one loses their health, uh, it, by the end, the guy with the most health wins. Each time you win, you get a star. Win two rounds, you win the game. What is your opinion on dual mode in Streets of Rage 2? Uh, did you play it a lot, or were you more about the co-op slash single-player uh, story mode? Yeah, I, n- I never really played dual, dual mode, uh, so I can't comment on it. But um, it's nice that it's there. I like that it's there. I get annoyed actually when it's not there in fighting games because it's like you might as well toss it in there you have all the assets you have all the the mechanics so why not give people the option to uh do a little you know one-on-one fighting you know what i 100 percent agree with you uh but did you ever play the the (laughs) did you ever play sonic 2's multiplayer a lot um 
not too much, but when I did, I, I got a kick out of it. It was it was fun in little bites, though. It wasn't like you were going to spend hours. You kind of do it for like 20 minutes and then you're done. It didn't take too much time, I thought, um, especially I, 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 with the later games. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, they're always an afterthought, but I've met people that are like are obsessed with the the Sonic 2 multiplayer or like the kart racing in Sonic Adventure 2. Like the, I I've will met people... say, yeah. Yeah, go on. No, 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 go on. I, I oh. you were saying with the kart racing, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I met people that are just like super obsessed with these little multiplayer modes where I'm like I never touched it like dual mode. I played it maybe five times my whole life. I think mm-hmm. the most I played it was uh, people that I knew on the internet when the Xbox Live port came out. They wanted to play dual mode with me, um, <laughs> and it was it was all right. I just I just don't find it as fun as. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna play kind of a multiplayer like this seriously, you might as well just play a fighting game. But it, it it's yeah. a cool little mode to have like extra in the game. It's kind of like uh, I think this is something the Sega did really well during this period, where they always give you something more. Right, and I will say, since we're talking about these modes, and I'll never talk about this again in another podcast probably, but in yeah. um, in Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric, which oh, is a terrible game, yeah, they have a multiplayer mode that was developed, from what I remember, by a different studio, and Ooh. it's fun. Like, I've played, I played it with a friend, and I'm like, this is enjoyable like why isn't this the game so if you if you have that game try it out it's like it's not it's not terrible it's fun like i had fun with it and so i'm like man that other studio should have made this game but uh moving on (laughs) you can't talk about streets of rage 2 without talking about the soundtrack uh yuzo kashiro was obviously came back for this album which i i don't know if it's a huge deal i think it's a huge deal because i mean obviously his soundtrack's great and he's usually no like every every time you hear about streets of rage you always hear his name but he was also he had somebody collaborating this time uh moto hero kawashima who worked with him on batman returns the 8-bit version and shinobi 2 the silent fury uh they so the same year this so basically they made the Batman Returns soundtrack, the Shinobi 2 soundtrack, and the Streets of Rage 2 soundtrack within the same year together. Uh, that's crazy hmm. because most bands can't even put up can't even put out one good album between four people right. in one year. So like, hey, this guy just popped out some legacy soundtracks all at once. Um, so obviously they collaborated, uh, but I think the most people give Yuzo credit because he has his name on the start menu and he's the only person in this whole thing not even not even ancient not even all the other studios that helped them work on the game got their name on it only sega and yuzo kashiro have their name on the start menu um Mm -hmm. so that's kind of cool uh they also had the same producer um so a lot of people considered the streets of rage 2 soundtrack to be the best soundtrack not only composed by yuzo kashiro but one of the best soundtracks to show off sega genesis ym2612 uh sound chip Yuzo labels his music hardcore techno, and if you and if you labeled it as a genre that was influenced, we could be here all day. We could use stuff like ambient, breakbeat, chip tune, dance, house, jazz, jazz progressive, and techno. Um, yeah. It now, if you want to hear it, let's talk about some of the albums. He's one of the few games that got a soundtrack CD back in the day. Uh, the original. 
it's obviously up at if you want it for free if you don't want it physically you could go at uh, spotify and check it out already you don't have to talk hear us right but if you want it on cd there was one released in 1993 uh which featured like its own artwork and uh if you're watching on youtube it's on the screen and then it, that same CD was released in America in 2000 by Mark, Mars Colony Music, and it's pretty rare. It has 20 tracks, 55 minutes. Um, and then we got a physical release. This is the first time we got this album uh, physically released after that by uh, Data, mm. Data Disc. Uh, they did a vinyl version of the soundtrack, which had alternative and unused tracks. And then after that, we got the Way O uh, CD and tape. Which featured, uh, which featured all the same tracks and stuff, even the unused stuff. But this one had a 17-minute mega mix by Shinji Hoso, uh, or known as Mega Ten, who did the, who is famous for doing the Street uh, Rich Racer soundtrack. So not even Sega. Hmm. So yeah, he's more of a, uh, a Namco guy, and he did a 17-minute remix of all the tracks. I listened to it; it's cool, but like. This perfect soundtrack is already rare. Like, they only did limited copies. So, hmm. if you didn't pick it up, I don't know. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously, the soundtrack is great. What is your thoughts looking back? And do you think it's the best use of the Sega ch- sound chip? What other games do you think might rival it in sound? Oh, boy. Um, well, looking back, I think it is a fantastic soundtrack. Like I said, that... That first stage, Go Straight, I think is just insanely iconic. Probably one of the best uh, tunes on the Genesis. Um, other games that rival it, though, I, I would say maybe Sonic 2 is really good, has really good music. Um, any of the Sonic games, really, on the Genesis have great music. Uh, what else? What else? Echo, I think, sounds pretty good. Um you already named the but, two I was going to name. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you 100%. I, I, I think for different reasons, though, each one. Like, Echo has, like, the weirdest right. sounds I've never heard any other game. Like, the soundtrack is just strange. Uh, this one is yeah. more, like, jazzy and, like, all these, like, genres of music that they're so widespread. Um, right. Uh, I agree with you. Um, what do you think about people that always say the Sega Genesis has a bad sound chip? Like that's been I like have n- a, a trend, right? Well, I was gonna say I have no I have no time for them, and I don't want them as like a part of my life. I don't want to know these people, and that might sound like I'm being funny, but I'm not. <laughs> like they can just back off and go live their life away from me. I think it's because of miseducation. <laughs> I think there's a lot of games that right. have bad sound, but it's like I could bring up a Super Nintendo game that has bad sound. I could bring up... Oh, there's tons. Uh, I mean, just as there... I feel like it's a big Super Nintendo versus Genesis thing, honestly. Oh, for sure. Um, Like, you know me. I, I watch the Cinemassacre stuff and all that, but like uh, Mike Matei, I like him, but like when he starts going off on the sound of the Genesis or something, like it's just... He doesn't. He doesn't like the Genesis, and I think it's a Super NES thing that was ingrained in him as a child. Honestly, because well, it's like for me when I when I listen to the Super NES, it sounds too synthy. It sounds like people go, "Oh, listen to the violins." I'm like, "But they aren't violins." When you have sounds coming from the Genesis, you're not going, "Oh, listen to the trumpets, listen to the pianos." Like it's not a synthesizer. It shouldn't have to be. It should be video game music, chip tune, blippity bloops. You know, I like that. 
Um, I have to agree. Okay. Uh, I done. did watch his. Uh, <laughs> I did watch his video where he did his Sega Genesis versus. Um, uh, is that the same person, right? The angry video game nerd. Uh, James and Mike. Mike oh, has no, a little no, more, no, Mike, I think, dislike okay. for the Genesis. Okay, never mind. Okay, I was thinking about the, that he was the AVGN. I know who Mike is now. I, I just, yeah. just popped in my head right now. Um, most of the changes. Okay, well, let's talk about localization changes, right? Um, that's something that even right now is kind of a big deal with gamers. Like they don't want their Japanese games changed at all. And now that yeah. we have a voice on the internet, people complain about it. I think. Atlas just got kind of uh, some some grief about some changes they made in the new Persona game. Uh, they took out some gay scene or something like that that was weird. And it's like a five second scene in a eight hundred uh, one hour one hundred hour game. But most of the changes for the localization were minor. But some of the changes in the USA version actually censor the game. The obvious one we talked about is that the Japanese version is called Bare Knuckles 2. The second was the name. They ch- changed the name from Dual Mode in Japan to uh, Battling. And we and Skate was known as Sammy. But let's talk about some censorship <laughs> here. First one. Oh, no. Censored panties. Okay, I know. This is yeah. going to hurt a lot of feelings. I want to see the panties. <laughs> well, you can see them right here on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Let um, me look. Let's get into Ooh. some censorship. In America, the Ooh. first minor change is that in the Japanese and European version, when Blaze does a jump kick, her legs are a little more spread, and you get a Ooh. panty shot. In the U.S. version, oh. it's closer together, but you don't see her underwear. Uh, this might be a huge deal if you're Oolong from uh, Dragon Ball. That might be a big deal to you. Mm-hmm. Um, Look at those panties. And so that was the first one. The second one is basically Mr. X has a cigar. They t- obviously took that Whoa. off a of Western release because smoking is bad, kids. And uh, I don't, I, I mean, okay, so these things are minor changes. Do they even matter? And uh, does it really affect your life that you didn't see the panties and you didn't see the cigar? I want to see, I want to see Mr. X's panties. Um, Actually, that's a good. I think it's. That's a good. I want to see that too. Make it fair. I want his legs separated, fully apart, and panties. No, it's just like. I don't understand when people get all up in arms about this. The the classic one is when they change the car from Outrun, and people are like, "I can't play it." They change the car. I'm like, it plays the same. It doesn't look like the car though. It's a different car. It's not even real. I'm like, none of it's real. Like to be honest. Like, in yeah. this case, like, yeah, it's just a little censorship, but, like, come on. Like, if if you really are upset about not being able to see panties, like, you need to reassess your life. Like, just go look at a picture of panties and then come back and play Streets of Rage 2. You don't need to see the panties. If, um, uh, if they had it in or had it out, wouldn't change my life at all. Mm-mm. The cigar thing annoys me just because I don't have a problem when it's, like, the villain smoking. Because it's clearly showing that, like, a bad guy is doing it. It, it. That's not a problem for me. Like, if Blaze and Axel, after they killed him, were like, let's light up, you know, like, you'd be like, oh, I don't know if this is any good. Do drugs, um, kids. I'll be honest, my favorite is uh, the 3D Classics credits where, uh, what's <laughs> Skate's, like, coming in with the thumbs up. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, yeah. I don't care. I, I, Whatever. I, I agree one hundred percent with you. Uh, it doesn't affect my life. Uh, it does. It's not a big deal. And my only problem with, like you said, is uh, this one. But I do remember being a little kid and I like panties. I remember being a little kid and playing Street Fighter and like uh, pausing at the right moments when uh, Chung Lee did kicks. I could see her. If she, you could see her underwear. I don't know why I did that. It's cringy now. Think about it as an adult, but I guess we all do cringy stuff when we're kids. We should look at underwear more often. Underwear. Everybody should just have underwear and not have pants on. I don't understand why it should yeah. be underwear. It should be overwear. I always. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody complain when they watch Batman's underwear. Uh, you know, they're over their pants. Mm-mm. So let's talk about. We liked it. <laughs> let's talk about promotion and ads. In Ooh. in my opinion, Streets of Rage Two is the most important Sega. Ge- well, one of the most important Sega Genesis and Mega Drive franchises. Not named Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, the first game Whoa. was a huge hit, so it was obvious that Sega had some promotions and different ads to promote the sequel. The first ad we're going to look at is a American print ad. You know, we Ooh. used to have print ads, right, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first ad has someone in the hospital bed with a Genesis controller playing Streets of Rage 2 on four screens because they're so hardcore. The, uh, and the second page of the ad has like these weird type fonts where it's like, Really like edgy words, really big, and then really small letters. So when you go in, you know, yeah. once they catch your attention and you start reading it, uh, it's actually an interview with uh, Scott Steinberg, product manager of Streets of Rage Four Two, and he just talks about what's new in the game. Uh, what do you think about this ad? And do you think this like you're a graphic designer? Do, do these like big fonts and then small fonts to get your attention? Does this work? Um. Well, I think Welcome to the Next Level is one of Sega's best, like, uh, uh, slogans slash, like, uh, I don't really know how to describe it, like, like uh, graphic, type graphics. I think it's just so cool looking. I like how it fits into that box. They use the different colors, the Welco, Mitat, Henex to Level thing. Um, as far as the imagery, I think it works. You can see the controller, you can see the game, you see four screenshots, though his foot's covering one of them. So it, it's, I don't know, I mean, I don't really get the sense that he was beaten up and that's why he's playing. It's more like you were in an auto accident and you have something to do while you're in, in the hospital. That's what I got. Um, I think it might have worked better if you saw some bruise and bloodiness or you know, something that made it look like he got punched. But you can't really display that there. But um, as far as the type treatment, it's classic, like you know, '90s, where they they'll take take it and just stretch it out and make it look as big as they can, <laughs> even though it doesn't. Like yeah. that's breaking a lot of rules. You shouldn't be squishing fonts like that. Um, it makes it hard to read. But I like the idea of it being all like in your face, edgy, and then it's actually just an, a product a product manager interview. I think yeah. that's kind of funny. Um and. Um, you know, things have changed so much now, like in uh, video games and how they advertise video games. I think now right. it, it would be like art of Streets of Rage with some screenshots and then the release date or something. Like they don't do this kind of promotion anymore where it's like, I don't know, like they're, they, why shoot a guy hurt, right? Like what's this whole thing going on here? It's just like, it's just it's just the way they used to promote ads. I'm just, it's just kind of weird. But uh, let's talk about the second. It's promo. fitting. What? Sorry, it's fitting though that we're talking about this one, and I got a bloody nose. Look at that, I got blood. Oh. <laughs> I just, I was like, my nose is running, and I'm like, no, nah, it's blood. 
Cool. You need time so, to to uh, get. Uh, no, I'm fine. Um, later we also got a two page spread ad, <laughs> which is kind of rare for Sega to do two pages. Uh, for right. so they, Streets of Rage two got two two spread ads, one for the Game Gear and one obviously the Genesis one we saw. The Game Gear version, this one is using its own art original artwork. Also has the Welcome to the Next Level branding. And some use of the old timely family, which was kind of like a stereotype in uh, Sega, where it's like, "This is you're the new family." This is kind of like uh, something that I really saw a lot in the early '90s, where it's th- the new family does not care about American values of the '50s that we used to care about. That's just kind of like the br- the branding that I saw a lot in the early '90s, like the Simpsons. Right. They're not the typical family. They're vulgar. They're new. They're edgy. And this is kind right. of where they're trying to show you that, like, oh, Billy's playing that Streets of Rage 2 game. Um, right. So uh, they did this as an ad. The, I, I actually really like the artwork in the back. I think while it's not the original artwork of the creators, I think they did a really good job capturing the feel of the game. Yeah, um, absolutely. It reminds me of um, those uh, – uh, God, what's that company that makes the art prints, the Sega art prints? Cook and Becker. Yeah. Um, reminds me of that, but, like, honestly, I prefer this to theirs. Like, I'd love to have a huge print. Of this one? Uh, the only yeah, thing that's, I that's, like it. The only thing that's kind of strange is they, like, literally changed Blaze's look. She has, like, this black tank top and, like, jean shorts. Yeah, that is like, weird. Why do you have to change only her? All the other guys are all, uh, yeah, they're all kind of the same, basically. Right. They're, they're like, we got to change the woman. Oh, anyway. Something I did notice here, the two, and you'll see it in the graphic I use, that's the two. You see the two? Like yeah. the number two instead of the Roman numeral. Yeah. It's interesting that the Game Gear one, and may, I don't know why, that maybe it's for the size of the cart, like it's just easier to read the number two than the Roman numeral two. I it's interesting. They, they got lazy. Because well, uh, Bare Knuckles is has a, uh, the two uh the norm the number uh, roman. two yeah no 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 the japanese one has the roman Rome. numeral and uh right the european one also does the american is the only one that has two, two the number two two which is weird two. yeah and then on this title screen it has the number two yeah in america yeah we're the only ones that got the two number like that it's kind of like outrun and how people don't know if it should be outrun or outrun or o capital r is one it's it's a kind mess. of inconsistent yeah yeah the next ad we're looking at is a japanese ad as you can see uh this one is uh promoting two versions of the game and it kind of looks like a mm-hmm. character select screen with its own artwork uh which is kind of strange because i think the character select screen in streets of rage 2 is like really nice looking so the fact that they decided like let's make our own artwork for this and it looks really ugly in my opinion Really awkward ad. Uh, Sammy right here just looks like... I don't even know. Like He doesn't even look like what he looks like in the game. Uh, I don't know. It's just weird. What do you think about this whole look? They're true yeah, they, characters. They, kind of. Axel like. has the only like decent pose, but he doesn't really look like Axel. He's got dark brown hair. I don't know what Blaze is doing. She's like, go away. She's trying to do karate push moves, you. but she's not... Yeah, yeah. Good. And then Max is like... It's also funny that like when you when you see the American ads, they have no yeah. they have no Sonic on it. But like Japan, even though Sonic wasn't huge, he was basically the mascot for their branding. 
Like, I always liked that about the Japanese Sega stuff. Like, they would stick a little Sonic bug on the corner yeah. with the logo. It just, it worked really well. I wish, it's kind of like how all the Dreamcast discs had the Sonic eyes mm, on them. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I think it's a, it's a cool way to use your mascot without him overtaking it. Because, you know, if you don't see the Sega logo, like if you're blind to it or something, <laughs> at least you'll see Sonic. No, but, I, yeah. I, I totally agree. Uh, I actually like the Sonic on it. I just think it's weird that, like, he wasn't popular in Japan, but they branded him so much. It's like, come on, guys. Come on, Japan. Get into it. Like, in the U.S., he took off right. so crazy, you know? Um, let's let's look at the U.S. ad. I actually – this is probably one of my favorite uh, old school t- – I don't know. What do, you, what do you call these? Like, old-timey ads, I guess? Like, the, the uh, Al Nielsen ads, I call them. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I really yeah. he did a, such a good job on these ads. Like Sega of America was such so good on ad advertisements. So tell me when you're ready and I'll press play. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. Alright. Where do we start? How about his knee? That's his face. <laughs> if that's Wait. his face, what's this? Uh Okay, so that was strange. Did you see the same one I was watching? Which one did you see? <laughs> the one with the hospital with the, the broken bones, right? Yeah, it's it's interesting. There was a, This is not the one I was looking for, actually. This is the weird part. There is another one that was better. But what do you think about this one? I mean, this is kind of like the same as the print ad. There's another one, the bully one, I'm trying to look for. But I guess I didn't put it that one up. Can you uh, find it real quick on Google? The bully one where the, they're flicking the ears, right? Yeah, that's the one I was looking for. And surprising, I guess I copied the wrong one on here. But uh, let me find it on here so we could watch it. But yeah. What do you think about that ad? I mean, it was just kind of a continuation of uh, the, the, the print one, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I thought it was... It was all right. That was interesting. Um, I think I found it. You know, right. I like the bully one more. Did you did you find the, the bully, bully one? one? Yeah, yeah. All right, tell me when you want to play it. Uh, I'll play it. I'm ready. All right, one, two, three. Young Bobby This one, these ones kind of remind me of like Gushers, <laughs> fruit snack commercials or something. Yeah, like just the way they film them. Everyone's like. S- Super animated, and it's like big fisheye lenses. Oh, uh, very cartoonish. This is a great commercial. I said chocolate chip. And that's basically my elementary school life right there. Uh, I just beat the bullies. Um, oh, that was you, the one yes, beating up the bullies, yes. I'm sure. Of course. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, uh, like, I guess kind of like uh, promoting this as a, uh, a I, I don't know, well, how do you say it? Like, you're a nerd, buy this game and you'll be a winner. Is that is that bad? I actually like the ad, but like... What well, would... they call it a fighting system. Right, right. The Sega yeah. Genesis fighting system. And it's also like when you were a kid, did you did you want to be a martial artist or anything because of all the action movies that were being uh, put around? Like I'm gonna take karate. I took one karate class. Ooh. I took one karate class, but it was um, I think just too late. It was like kind of like a to, for my parents to like get out of work, have dinner, take me to the class, and then get home at like nine thirty, 
it was just too much. Um, I also took one uh, Korean sword fighting class, um, but then I moved, and so I did not continue with it. But my friend did, and he like went to you know like state tournaments and stuff, and was really good at it. I wish I kept with that. It was a what is it kendo or kumdo, where you've got like the mask and the double hand grip. Yeah. Um, the big the big like bamboo. I, I, I really like that. I'd, I wish I would have kept with that. In in an alternate universe where I stayed in Minneapolis, I would have uh, probably been, <laughs> been a Korean sword fighter. Yeah, yeah. Which um, is funny because there is a guy with my name who is a Korean sword fighter, but he's not good? me. But he's not good. Is he good? He's, he's, he's very good. He comes up on Google before I do. So. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> there you go <laughs> let's talk about uh the japanese ad um I'll, let me just tell you a little bit there's a trend in japan where they use real life actors and in this ad right. we got uh blaze doing her energy attack and then some it's a 15 second ad which is a lot shorter than the american ads because uh streets of rage 2 was rare and it got a 30 second ad which is uh pretty mm-hmm. big for sega um so let, tell me when you're ready to watch this ad and i'll play it yeah let's do it Okay, one, two, three. What do you think about that ad? It's okay. (laughs) I mean, it shows gameplay clips. I think the woman playing Blaze kind of looks goofy. Maybe it's just Mm. the compression. But her mouth, she kind of looks like like chubby cheeks, kind of. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's also a Fantasy Star 2 one where they like do real armor and stuff. I, I, I always get upset. I used to be obsessed with like the Japanese ads because like they had real actors. I always thought that was really, really cool. Now I'm like, it's not cool. I don't know. It I just... think she, not to like nitpick this woman, but I think she <laughs> just has this like tiny face so she can't pull off badass. It's more like, it, it's like hard this to tell. tiny little... I couldn't find a better version of the ad, so it's kind of like it's hard. It's hard to even look. This is how so she compressed. looks. It's it's so compressed. It's kind of hard to tell, right? I'm gonna fight you. You know, you look at her, and it's not really doing it for me. She's so, also like not wearing makeup. I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Anyway, it makes it even better. And I was gonna say, um, no. I didn't know. I didn't know how to bring this up. But there's this picture that I found on the internet when doing research where the bare knuckles two, I mean the bare knuckle uh, two box art, actually has Arnold Schwarzenegger from a Japanese ad that they basically copied as Mr. X in the back. You see it? Oh yeah, I knew he looked like Arnold. I didn't know where they copied it from. Yeah, so and I looked up these ads. It's for an energy drink, and there this is actually the time period. So <laughs> I mean. It makes sense, I guess. They probably saw Arnold's face everywhere, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna put him on our box." Hmm. It's funny that it's also red, like the ad. And Van Damme's there too. Yep, Van Damme is the. They've literally copied Van Damme as Axel in the box art for Bare Knuckle Two. So if you're watching this in audio, look at the cover, and then now you can't unsee it. Um, <laughs> there's also we're gonna talk about some of the ports, not too many of them, because there's so many we could be here all day. Um, the first thing we're going to be talking about, cause, you know, had a good billion ports. Um, the only ones worthy, I think, talking about are the Master System, Game Gear, and the 3DS version. Maybe I'm wrong. Some people could tell me on the internet if there's a better a version that's worth talking about. 
The first one is uh, the Game Gear version. The Game Gear obviously has scaled down graphics. You know, this is the weird part. Usually when they did a Game Gear game, they just ported it to Master System or the other way around. This time, right. the Master System and the Game Gear are totally different games. Um, wow. So the, the Game Gear version, I guess, would, would be the most like the original I guess not really. I mean, you really want to have a Sega Genesis to uh, enjoy this game because I don't think these ports are the best. But I will say that Streets of Rage 2 is the best beat 'em up on the Game Gear. Not that there's that much competition. Uh, some of the changes included. Oh yeah, the uh, special move was unlimited. They didn't take away health, and this didn't have max. Also had it had a flicker problem when there was more than two character or one more than one character on the screen. Uh, wow. There's two less stages and less than 30 minutes to complete. The Master System uh, was probably the uh, a worse port because like every character would bum rush you. Like there was, the AI was broken. It was hard. Um, both of these games did not have 8-bit versions and not have multiplayer, single player, and both had max mi- mix, uh, missing. Hmm. Yeah, but at least the Master System had like some new stages. Like when you go to the warehouse in this one, you end up at on a moving train, which I thought was cool. Like that would have been a cool stage, right? Like a moving train, kind of like those. Uh, I don't know if uh, Hyperstone Heist has it, but I do know uh, the Super Nintendo Turtles game has a uh, a train level. I don't know if they did they reused it. I, yeah, I, I don't think Hyperstone Heist has that. They have surfing, but not a train. Yeah, so they had a train, and I always thought that was cool in that game. So, I, like having a Streets of Rage level on a train would have been really, really sick on the 16-bit version. Um, mm. Did you play the 8-bit version of the games uh, ever? Never. No, I never yeah. have, but now I want to check them out. I, I played them just because of this on emulation. And, uh, yeah, it's. Ho- I'm so happy that I grew up being a 16-bit kid. <laughs> not, like, being stuck with just a Game Gear or a Master System. Like, I, I, not to fault people that had a Master System. I'm sure there's games. No, you can fault them. I'm sure there's games that are exclusive for it that are great. So I'm not going to, you know, uh, I but will. the ports, <laughs> the ports from Genesis to uh, master system, not great. Cause I mean, you always want to play the best, right? Like 16 bit. Right. I, I always get the vibe that people who grew up on master system, like they have a lower, uh, lower bar for what constitutes a great game. <laughs> so they'll like play what's, uh, What's a great game on Master System by comparison to the Genesis is just kind of like mediocre. So you'll have people who get really mad at like people like us when we're like, oh, that game, that game's kind of bad. And they go, no, are you kidding? I played it with my cousin for 13 years in Brazil. We loved it. We're every still playing second, it. It's every brand second, new. Every second. You know, and you're like, man, I'm sorry. I just, it's a bad game. And they're like, no, I grew up with it. So, you know, but I, <laughs> I think in this case, um, from what you're saying here, it's definitely, uh, yeah, the 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 8-bit ones definitely don't. They pale in comparison to the 16-bit powerhouse original. I'm wondering if there's people out there that are going like, oh, you like the Super Nintendo version of Alpha 2? I actually, I play the Nintendo version of Alpha 2, the best one. Or No, wait, Alpha <laughs> 2 was, no, wait, no, Alpha 2 was actually on Super Nintendo, but the Sega Saturn version is better, obviously, but... There's mm. people I met that are like, the Alpha 2 is better on Super Nintendo. I'm like, no, dude. I'm sorry to tell you that. No way. I mean, there's just didn't have enough power for it. But uh, let's talk about the 3D classic one. I think this is, needs to be... Yes. A, this needs to be brought back to um, the Switch. 
I mean, I, I, I love the th I love this game, but like, man, I don't want to bring out my 3DS every time I play it. But anyway, this is probably the biggest update the game has had. Uh, 2015 when this came out five years ago. Uh, wow. Obviously, it adds 3D, which looks really good, but it's you know kind of gimmicky. But it also had casual mode where attacks do more damage. Fist of Death mode where you could kill people in one hit. Uh, Rage Relay, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, you pick all four players, and then once they die, uh, you substitute the f with another character instead of a life. So it mm -hmm. makes you go through all the characters. I thought that was cool. You could also tag them in and out. Uh, I like that. It reminds me of Mania mode, kind of, in Sonic Mania. Yeah, if they were to Plus. do this on Switch, I would hope they do more of like Rage Relay. I thought that was sick. Yeah. Um, the big negative on the 3DS version is if you want to play co-op, the other player needs a 3DS with a copy of their own game. I do know that some DS games used to have a, where you could download part of the game onto another system and play it. This obviously does not have it. Uh, right. I will say something interesting, though. Uh, when they when Nintendo World Report interviewed uh, producer Yosoki Okunari uh, about the 3DS port and what he would uh, add if he had more time, he said, "While we were developing the game, there weren't any features we particularly felt were missing. Actually, but after we finished the game, we actually had a chance to talk to Ancient themselves, the game's original developer, and they told us that they had wanted to put more effort into the two-player versus mode." And they ran out of time. It turns out Shiva, Mr. X's right-hand man at the end of the game, even has a versus mode specific motions implemented in the game. So if we had more time and budget, I'd like to work with Ancient to build out the versus mode into what they originally attended. Uh, that would be really cool. I don't think a lot of people played it, but I guess it would be cool. I mean, it wasn't the main reason we played it. I mean, I think if they had cut, le cut levels, it would be sick. Maybe even adding the train level in the middle for no reason. Um, let's talk about um, other media. Um, yes. Back in the good old days, we got a kind of a very loosely based comic book uh, on Streets of Rage 2. It was within the Sonic the Comic by Fleetway. It was a six-part uh, saga, right? Is that what it was? Um, so I, think, I thought it was three, but maybe it was three. six no, no, no. broken you know, up over... Actually, you're right. I think it was three, but I changed it because I thought it was six. But you're right. I think it is mm. three. Because I think it's like the second story is about um, Skate. Uh, and I think the first story is just introducing the characters. But, I'm trying to see here. Um, the story in the comics about eight Axel, Blaze, and Max, who here is an ex-cop rather than a wrestler. In the first right. issue, a Axel is brutally injured by former cops, which makes the trio quit the force and go out to beat Hawk, who is a former wow. policeman and once Max's partner. There was more stories within the comic, but sadly didn't last long. Fun fact, the writer of the first two issues of the Streets of Rage comic is none other than Mark Miller, who went on to write uh, Civil War for Marvel Comics and even became a movie. He also had his own comic books that have became popular movies like Kick-Ass, The Service, Wanted, Kingsman, and a few others. Uh, there's a lot more comics he's made. Uh, what hmm. is your opinion on the comic, and did you find it strange that Sega didn't license more Streets of Rage things like this? Um, from what I saw, the comic, I thought it was decent. I thought it was pretty good. I have, I have to go check and see if I own it. I have a stack of uh, Sonic the Comics, but I wish Sega would do more of this. I've, I think I've, I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I've, I've said in our Discord 
uh, time and again that I really wish IDW would do like a Sega All-Stars comic series where each they'd either do like three issue or four issue arcs as they kind of do now with Sonic or do one-offs. So like you get an issue that's like Streets of Rage adaptation. You get an issue that's like uh, Skies of Arcadia, uh, like sequel story or something. Just like you have all these great characters, use them. And I think Streets of Rage especially is in that kind of bucket of Sega properties that they really want to exploit. So, you know, I know they're they're aiming for like video games or not video games for movies and TV, but like comics. Honestly, I think are a great way to go right now. I I agree. I mean, right now we have this whole problem with COVID. I don't know how that's going to happen with comics, but uh, I do agree that I'm surprised they didn't like license it more. Like they couldn't make their own comic and even try it. I, I have a few, like there's a comic for Shinobi and there's like, they all got like, I one have that. Issue. Yeah. Yeah. They all got like, yeah. One and issue. then they, they did Yakuza digital comics too. If I remember. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It's something they could look into. I thought it was cool. Um, Axel stone, uh, also appeared as a solo unit in 2015 3ds crossover game. Project Exone 2, uh, which also uh, had an appearance by Break as a rival unit. If you don't know, Break is the evil robotic clone of Axel Stone from Streets of Rage 3. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the last bit, tragically, Streets of Rage characters mm. also appeared in Sega Heroes. This was, this one's actually based on the first game, but since this wasn't out when we did the first uh, podcast, we I mean, we're going to mention it here, right? Sadly, Sega Heroes has now closed its doors. I guess not officially yet, but very soon. Uh, like seven days, yeah. Seven days in a week. So we will not never be getting Streets of Rage 2 characters within the game. Um, and that's it. I mean, what do you think about, I guess, there? You have you played the characters in uh, Sega Heroes? And what do you think about... A lot of people on the internet don't like that Sega's using these characters as a, they call it, cheap cash-in. For mobile games, do you think it's sacrilegious to do this? Or do you think that it's just a game? If you don't like it, don't play it. I think it's just a game. If you don't like it, don't play it. I I think the, you know, I mean, I honestly, I'd love to do a Sega talk on Sega Heroes someday. <laughs> yeah. Because I think there is a lot to say. But um, I, I, from what I've experienced, it's fine. You know, I think it's cool to see all these characters come together. And I like that they give... Um, someone like Mr. X a little more play. I also like the uh, interactions between them. That's a lot of the fun is just to see like Axel and Sonic having a conversation. It's Project Cross Zone. Uh, I like those games, but they are very Japanese centric. So you're going to see like Valkyria Chronicles 3. It's also very um, human centric. So you're not going to see Sonic. You're not going to see uh, more of the all ages stuff like Jet Set Radio, uh, and yet they'll have like Bruno Dillinger from yeah. uh, Dynamite Cop. So it's I I honestly like in the future I'd love to see more of these. I I hope they figure out a way to do something like Sega Heroes. I know you and I. I mean I can't say much, but like you know prior to this game there was stuff going on where we were like sharing our opinions. Mm. So they clearly want to do things. So I hope those move forward. Um, 
I think some of those yeah, things... Yeah, should we... Should we yeah, yeah no, I'm saying just some of the things we talked about on the phone with Sega on feedback, I think some of those ideas we talked about actually became Sega heroes because, like, yeah. I'm not going to get into it because there's an NDA and they told me not to talk about it, but there was this game they talked about that was kind of like this but a little bit different, and then I gave them a feedback where it's like, no, it has to be the characters in the game that you collect. And I mean, we got Sega heroes a, few, a year later. So, I mean, I think feedback... For these kind of things is worth it but yeah let's read our patreon comics and close it up yes yes i'll read them so if you support us on patreon at any level you will have your comments read on the show so let's kick it off we have brian trong he says this game was a revelation the first one was good but the drastic improvements in the visuals and gameplay as well as the killer soundtrack made more a mind-blowing experience that raised expectations on what the genesis could do th says back in the day every month i eagerly awaited for a uk magazine called mean machines sega to arrive at the stores this is not what he sounds like one month i saw something strange with the magazine it came with a vhs tape on it was wow. footage of upcoming mega cd and mega drive tapes can you imagine like this big ass tape yeah um, i know this was the first time i saw streets of rage 2 I watched that tape a thousand times. When I finally got my hands on it, it became one of the defining games of my life. I played it with my brother and friend, never getting bored with it. Even to this day, my friend and I record, recorded the music on tape and would listen to it all the time. Yuzo Koshiro is one of my heroes. An incredible game, all in all. And then finally, uh, longtime commenter Daniel Andres says, I just finished this game for the first time last year. I thought it was awesome. Definitely a worthy sequel to the first one loved it a lot and then we have two twitter comments uh cherry picked from the twitter feed yeah. uh bc alexander says i picked up the genesis collection on switch and fell in love with the game about a month ago then streets of rage 4 came out i got into the series at the right moment by pure happenstance Ooh, what a word wampus <laughs> says I love how wacky they got with the level design. A level in Disney World with a pirate's ride? A wrestling ring under a baseball stadium? Why not? The, the rule of cool dictated what happened in Streets of Rage 2, and it was a very cool game. Who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I like The it. rule of cool. I like that. The rule of cool. And so. for the rest of you guys, we'll catch you on the next episode of Sega Talk. Bye. Bye.